Today in the Choke Slam Wrestling Report, we are going to review AEW Full Gear from last night. I'm going to give you our thoughts and opinion on every match. Also, we're going to review last week Unconquered Cup by Invictus Pro Wrestling as they made their they debut in the South Bronx la uh, last Sunday. And I had a lot of fun and I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinion on that event. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. episode the choke slam wrestling report i am your host the infamous ultimate one and this episode pretty much we're going to be talking about the aew full gear event that happened last night we saw a new world champion being crowned we saw uh, some surprises i mean it, it was a, a show full of surprises let me put it that way there was a lot of stuff that happened that i was in shock some some stuff that i knew it was bound to happen. Um, I mean, it was a great show. You, can, you can't complain about it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the trolls are going to still complain about what happened. But I think the only match that I wasn't, I wasn't too fond of was the Jay Carhill versus Nyla Rose. I think they should have put that in Dynamite or Rampage. It was not pay-per-view worthy. And that is just my thought about it. And you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking. And when I put, of course... Every pay-per-view that AEW has, they got the Zero Hour. The Zero Hour, pretty much, we had the best friends teaming up. You know, uh, you had Orange Cassidy, Trent Barrett, Chuck, Chuck Taylor, and Rocky Romero. Dan Housen was supposed to be part of this, but uh, they made it look like Dan Housen was not, the, the, the clownish Dan Housen was not going to be coming on. There was a, a, a more evil Dan Housen. Uh, so it was going to be a four on five for most of the match. Um, so, you know, uh, of course, you know, there is initially no fifth person for the best friends during the match. And the numbers game gave the factory the upper hand. Cuta hit Cassidy with a cutter and went for a power jump on the steel step. But that's when Danhausen arrived. The evil Danhausen. You know, Danhausen cleaned house of members of the factory after putting teeth from a jar in Kamara's Kam mouth. <coughs> Dan Houser scored a fin fall victory. Then Dan Houser took out QT with a spike after the match and hugged his teammates. Now, people are wondering, like, why the hell is Dan Houser the one pinning Camarado? But let's be realistic. Since Dan Houser's been in AEW, he has not been showcased the way Ring of Honor was showcasing him over there before the sellout, before the Tony Khan buying it. So, Every time you see Dan Houser, he gets pinned. Now, me and my boy Jay Santi from the uh, from the Turnbuckle Tabloid, we go back and forth about this, and we usually, you know, talk about Dan Housen. He said, "Oh, you love Dan Housen. I find him a clown is." He's a, 
Dan Housley can wrestle. But the problem is Tony Khan, and if you have not noticed, a lot of the Ring of Honor guys, Tony Khan has made them look silly. You know? Does make them look inferior to the AEW guys. That's just me. That's just my opinion. That's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, uh, in this case, you saw that uh, Dan Housen just came out of nowhere. He was a ver- the real good version of Dan Housen. This is the Dan Housen that was a Ring of Honor. Not the Dan Housen we've been seeing for over a year where he's just being clowned. trying to talk curse and all that. I like this version. Uh, but it was a fun match to watch. Everything was good. The next match was the uh, Brian Cage versus Ricky Starr. Team Taz, former members, former tag team partners, end up facing each other after, of course, Ricky Starks beat Lance Archer on Friday at Rampage, which I wasn't too crazy about because they, Lance Archer, they have not done nothing with him either. They pretty much have, uh, you know, they have um, made him look foolish. This is a man who was in the G1 Climax tournament in Japan this year, and he has done so well. Yet, he's not being pushed as a monster. He's not being pushed in the world title pitches. He hasn't been pushed the way he's supposed to be pushed. So, I don't know what's the deal with that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the back. I'm not going to be wanted to be the first one. Oh, you know, this and this and that and talk out of my ass because I don't know what's the purpose of that. But Lance Archer lost to Starks on Friday. So, here you have Ricky Starr versus uh, Brian Cage. Uh Ethan Page was on commentary. Of course, Ethan Page is the, one of the finalists for this AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. So, Cash attacked Starks right at the start of the match, but Starks fall back. Stark hit a spear, but Cage kicked out. Cage regained control, but missed from the top row. Elbow drop, and Stark hit a destroyer, followed by the Russian Bow Dominator to pick up the win. Starks will face Page at AEW Dynamite in the finals of the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Now, here's the part there. The first thing I saw was how in the world did Ricky Stark hit Lance Archer with the same spear and whatnot and pin Lance Archer like nothing, but then he does it to Brian Cage and Brian Cage kicks out. Come on, you guys got to continue. You can't, you can't do a finish on one match on a guy who's bigger than Brian Cage, way bigger than Brian Cage, and he gets pinned by by a, a, a spear and a roll-up. Come on. Tony Khan, whoever's making up these matches, you guys got to be get it together. Got to be consistent. Here, in this case, Brian Cage got speared, but then he got out. And it wasn't until, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Starks did a nice little combination when he hit uh, uh, Cage with the, uh, with the, uh, Canadian Destroyer and then followed it by what Roshan Bow dominated, which was pretty beautiful, a good way to do it. But I still gotta, I got, I still gotta, I, you know, still gotta question it. There's no way in the world, you know. The next match that I was really looking forward to, because these guys face each other in a tag team on Friday, which was Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. On Friday, they teamed up to fight uh, Yokoyama and Tsunosuke Lanaska, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his name. It's AEW just signed them Tsunosuke. It was Yu Okiyama. Yu Okiyama, I've been following this man since the 1990s in all Japan, pro wrestling, and uh, uh, global uh, GC, uh, Noah, actually, Noah. Uh, and I finally got to see him wrestle on TV after so many years. And Eddie Kingston versus Yu Okiyama has been a dream match for Eddie Kingston. And this 
was so cool. You know what I'm saying? Ortiz was in Kingston's corner for what what a competitive uh, for what a competitive match was going to be. It was a back and forth match. Kingston hit a spinning back fist, but Okayama kicked out. Okayama then hit a running strike with his knee, exposed, but Kingston kicked out. And pretty much, it wasn't even a knee. It was pretty much a thigh right in Kingston's face. And I said, he must have knocked him out. And why not? Kingston hit a northern flight bomb, followed by another spinning back fist to win. Kingston got emotional after the match, and the two embraced. Kingston got on the mic and thanked the fans for coming and paid tribute to the Japanese wrestlers that had passed away. Uh, and he talked about Masawa, Inoki, uh, 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 oh my God, what was the other guy he said? Uh, Masawa, Inoki, Baba, uh, Kabashi. So, you know, uh, and Jumbo Sharuda. So all these good Japanese wrestlers this man has been looking up to for a while. It's been, it was a very emotional situation. It was pretty cool. I think it was great. Uh, and then, you know, of course, um, he paid tribute to the Japanese that had passed away. So Kingston finished by saying, order the goddamn pay-per-view. My man John Moxley is going to beat the piss out of MJF. So that's why he left off. But it was a very fun zero-hour and you, you, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. Um, and and that was just the first part, just the first part of the pay per view that was gonna come up, which was ridiculous. It was pretty good. It was cool. I loved it. Uh, so we'll be right back with AEW Full Gear, the show, the event. After we come back after this. Hi. This is James Rodens from the WNR Podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. we're back so now we're gonna start this this uh segment right now we're gonna talk about the aew full gear and when i tell you full gear uh show the beginning the first match in the night and aew started off with a banger and that was the steel case match between luchasaurus versus jungle boy this match started the pay-per-view on fire with jungle boy uh uh you know Going at it with Luchasaurus, but Luchasaurus took control of the match, and, and and this is what I love about the steel cage matches in AEW. They're not, and I don't mean to knock a WWE because I know you guys, oh, you taking shots at WWE. AEW took shots at WWE the minute that they announced the, the case match uh, by saying, especially uh, I believe it was Taz or Jim Ross. They say I like these steel cage matches. It's one finish or, or submission there's no getting out of the cage which is beautiful that's the way case matches should be not leaving you know the the, the steel cage like we saw killer cross versus drew mcintyre uh, a couple of weeks ago crown jewel because at the end of the day you know that the feud is never ended the feud is always ended uh, and it's been like that since the 80s early seven, late 70s uh, early 80s and 90s a steel case match should be the match that settles it all, kills the feud, and it's over with. And this is exactly what what I expected from this. I don't know how far it is, but I know for this match, I know Luchasaurus opened up um, a Jack Perry right away. They showed it in the camera real close view as Jack Perry started bleeding. 
right on the top of the cage, and they was back and forth. I mean, Luchasaur was pretty much dominating most of the match, uh, but Jungle Boy would not give up. He was very perseverance. It, by all means, I'm about to, they brought him. I mean, at one point, you had uh, uh, Christian comes out. He takes the, the, the key, tries to open the, the, the cage. The cage gets open. Christian gets uh, taken by security, uh, leaves the cage open. These guys start fighting, start fighting outside. I mean, chairs were brought in. Tables were brought in into the cage, which made it very interesting. And that table that they brought in made a difference because at the end of the match, uh, pretty much Jack Perry went and hit Luchasaurus with the chair after beating him on the table. Then he went to the top rope, okay, on the top rope, but then decided, let me, let me let me jump off the top of the cage. And exactly what he did, he jumped from the top of the cage and dropped, when I talk about a nasty elbow on Luchasaurus, uh, abdominal region, okay, and put him through a table. And he ends up, the, that, that was it. The match was over. Now, my question to that is, where does Jack Perry go from here? Where does Jungle Bull go from here? Where does Luchasaurus go from here? Is this the end of these two? Because like I said, steel cage matches should end everything. There shouldn't be, uh, oh, let's have now a dog collar match. Because, no, the steel cage match ends everything. Will Luchasaurus then now turn on Christian or help some Christian? Because now the, the, the match between Christian and Jungle Boy should now be getting set. Now a, a regular match because uh, remember, Christian beat uh, Jungle Boy after Luchasaurus attacked him and kind of choked Linda on the on the steel uh, grit by the cage by the stage. I think it was an all out, if I'm correct. But this will set up something good to see uh, what happens. Then we had the trios six man AEW World Tag Team Title match between the Elite versus Death Triangle. So. This is very interesting because during the match, uh, you know, you heard the people cursing out CM Punk. F, uh, the chant was F CM Punk, F CM Punk. You heard it in New Jersey at the Prudential Center. People are not happy with CM Punk. As this is not a sign that people do not want to see CM Punk back after what happened all out. That's a sign right there. You know what I'm saying? He probably in Chicago they still love him, but in everywhere else they don't care for CM Punk. You know what I'm saying? So this was a good match between the uh, the Elite versus uh, the Death Triangle. Pretty good. It was uh, think about it. This match was six individuals who had had banger matches against each other. Let's not forget Kenny Omega and Pac had I believe two matches or three matches, and the first match and all. Uh, all out of 2019. Remember, Pac made Kenny Omega pass out after he put him in the brutalizer. Then they had another match the following year. The Lucha Bros and the Jungle, uh, the Young Bucks classic. I think it was this year or the year before, uh, and whatnot. So, um, they had a great case match that we, I think, it was last year. I think it was last year, and it was a banger too. These guys went at it. So this match was very classic. Same thing. A lot of, you know, taking high-risk moves. You saw Kenny Omega looking great. I love the, the entry that they came in or whatever. Now, the ending of the match was very surprising. Because remember, for weeks, Pac has been 
telling his partners, we have to win by any means necessary. Okay, any means necessary, which means, uh, you know, if you got to use, you got to cheat, you're going to cheat. If you, you know, use a weapon, use a weapon. Pac has been going around with his hammer for the last couple of weeks and whatnot. Well, he gave the hammer to Ray Phoenix and the, so well, the ending of the match, Phoenix rejected it. But then when he was about to get hit with the one wing angel from Kenny Omega, he already had the uh, the hammer that Pac gave him outside the ring and he hit Omega with it and they ended up beating the elite, which I was very surprised because I thought that this was going to be the elite winning the title matches, uh, winning the title actually, and they end up losing to the Death Triangle, which then AEW announced they're going to have the best of seven between these two tag teams for the next seven weeks and whatnot. That's Death Triangle versus Elite, which Elite's, woo, it's going to be a banger every time. So we'll see. It's going to be cool. I hope it doesn't get boring because it's, it's going to be seven weeks. We're going to see there's the best out of seven. So the TBS championship match, I believe, again, this is not something I was happy about. I don't care for it very much. And this was the Jake Carter versus Nyla Rose. This match was an average match. Uh, there was an incredible spot, though, where um, Jake Carhill grabbed Nyla Rose. As big as this woman is, she went and still was able to do a sit-down powerbomb on Nyla Rose. But other than that, the match was average. It wasn't all that. Uh, it wasn't something that I was excited about. Jake Carhill came in looking like one of the Thundercats. Pretty in uh, innovative, you know what I'm saying? But... This woman needs uh, pretty much, and people keep saying that she needs to lose the belt. I don't know if she needs to lose the belt. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, I mean, who are you going to lose the belt to? Do you know what I'm saying? You know, so this is very interesting. The Ring of Honor Championship four-way match. This was a very, very beautiful match uh, with the four-way. Um, through the whole match, we saw Jericho and Guevara. Uh, pretty much separating and taking care of the Danielson and Claudia that was going back and forth through most of the match. But then what happened at one point, you had, uh, I believe, was Claudio on the floor and Sammy was also on the floor of the ring. And Jericho went and landed the Lion Tamer on both of them. Sammy was not happy. Sammy wasn't happy at all, which led to Jericho and Sammy to going at it at one point. Jericho then got caught with the LaBelle and the Sharpshooter at the same time from Danielson and Claudio. Uh, and then Sammy then and hit Jericho with the GTH. I mean, this was surprising. Uh, it almost pinned Jericho. It was that close. That close. And whatnot. Uh, Danielson then went and hit the Cyclone on Claudio. But then Jericho, out of nowhere, this was a surprise. Jer Jericho jumped over Sammy. Ends up hitting Claudio with the Judas effect, uh, why not, and pin him to win the match. The next one was Soraya versus Britt Baker. This match, uh, you know, Britt Baker got out of Soraya's finishing hole one time, which it was like that fate. It picks it up and drops a head first. This was match. It was kind of scary because there was a lot of moves that you saw Britt Baker hit on Soraya. I mean... And everybody was like holding their breath because remember, this Soraya's coming back uh, from neck surgery. Uh, Soraya calls also known as Paige. But this match, 
Uh, it was all right. It wasn't all that. I mean, uh, Soraya get, then ends up beating Baker again with the same finishing move. Not much to talk about there. Now, the TNT title match, that match was very, very surprising. Uh, as Pablo Haha, Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor TV champion, and the TNT champion Warlow went at it on a three-way. Uh, hop pounds on Joe against the railing where Joe hit his head against it real bad. It looks real bad. This was outside, uh, one moment outside in the ring. Uh, then uh, Warlow caught Hobbs with a two power bombs, and it looked like Warlow was going to win the match. He was going to go for his third match, but then Joe took advantage of the no disqualification. He rolls in the ring, hit Warlow with a TNT bell. While Hobbs is still groggy, he goes and puts Hobbs out. And he wins the TNT title. It surprised me because now Joe has two belts. The Ring of Honor TV title and the TNT title. So, but what's going to happen now with Warlow? We don't know. Now it's probably going to be a setup between Warlow and Samoa Joe one-on-one. But what happens to Powerhouse Hobbs now? This is the question. Powerhouse Hobbs gets a title shot for the TNT, but is now involved in a, in a, uh, uh, in a three-way. So, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Who knows? Uh, they announced that Jimmy Goods is to defend the Ring of Honor uh, TV t- uh, Ring of Honor World Title against Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan Pro Wrestling coming up this Wednesday, and Cassidy is to defend his All Atlantic Title against Jake Hager. They have made Jake Hager look like a clown, worrying about his hat. I don't know what happened with that. The Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Joe and Jay Lethal was another disqualification. Uh, this was all over the place again. Uh, people were chanting TNA, TNA. Uh, this was uh, uh, all right. It wasn't all that. Uh, at one point, Sting Gorilla pressed Lethal to the edge of the ring, which, I mean, it was nasty. He landed. Oh, it was bad. I was like, oh, my God. Then uh, Sanya Singh caught Darby Allin. Well, he went to do a coffin drop. He got caught. And Singh went kind of freaking helicopter him from the to the runway to the runway i mean he just threw him up like like it, it was bad so but then sting went and took out sanya singh uh and then this is the weird part of the match all of a sudden they're in the ring they're fighting all over but all of a sudden now they they look to get tagged there's no disqualification why does why are you waiting for a tag go in there and attack so they kind of it was, it was all over the place. Uh, Sting, uh, Sanya Singh ended up choke slamming Sting. At one point, Sting caught uh, Sanya Singh, and when he couldn't drop him as big as he is, and then Darby Allen kind of jumped from the top rope and dropped him. Jay Lethal uh, went for a uh, the Lethal injection, but got caught uh, by Darby, um, not by Darby, by Sting, and it looked like Sting kind of messed up the Scorpion Death Drop, but Darby Allen ends up. Penning Jay Lethal and whatnot. So uh, we'll be right back for the last three, the last three matches and whatnot. And we'll be right back after this. The Pro Wrestling Ball. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. 
we're back. So let's continue on with the AEW Full Gear um, event. And this one was the women's title match between Tony Storm, the champion, versus Jamie Hayter. And, of course, this match was going back and forth. At one point, Tony Storm's nose was busted after Rebel arrived in ringside. Now, we knew there was going to be a problem once we saw Rebel pop out of nowhere. Um of course, Storm busted her nose. She was bleeding all over the place. Uh, Rebel then decided to interfere while Storm was in the corner outside. Rebel went hit Storm with the belt and got caught. And the referee ejected her out of the ring. Britt Baker comes out of nowhere. Okay, while while Storm is outside, Britt Baker comes out of nowhere and stomps. Um. Uh, Storm in the in in the back of the head, um, and you see somebody with a hood. We knew it was Britt Baker. Britt Baker comes out, and then Jamie Hitter. I mean, uh, Jamie Hitter ends up hitting her finishing move, but Storm got out. Hitter then um, wins the belt after after wins the belt after Britt took the buckle off. As Britt Baker was, I don't know what she was doing. She was trying to uh, take care of the buckle or releasing the the buckle pad and she got hit by Tony Storm she got knocked out but uh while she f- she fell off the buckle the turnbuckle was exposed and Storm hit her head and uh Hater then hit a ripcord lariat later and she is the new AEW Women's Champion which was crazy I mean we I mean I, I did not expect Hater to win the title but now my worry and my concern is, are they setting up Hater to lose the belt to Soraya? And that's one thing I do not, and I repeat, do not want uh, to see. Now, it's funny because uh, Soraya Russell on the same card, uh, people were, you know, were happy to see her. But Jamie Hater got a big, big reaction when she won the world title. Jamie Hater right now is a... Is a fan favorite, uh, even though she is a heel. But if you push her correctly, she go go to the top. Now, now I said this. Uh, I don't know if I said this on the air, but I know for a fact I said Jamie Hader fit perfectly with the Blackpool Combat Club. But that group may not be at all. It's over for them. That 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 group is no longer together after what we saw last night. But. Then we will move on to the AEW Tag Team title match. The third match between the Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory. And then, I mean, at one point in this match, you saw Matt Caster hit a body press on Keith Lee. And they both fell through the railing that was set up by Swerve during the match. Um, and you can see that... that, that uh, at the uh, Bowens was hurt for most of the match after his match on Wednesday with Swerve, where he got his shoulder hurt. That was the main story of this match. He was uh, wrestling with an injury. Uh, but here's what the thing that I said to myself I knew was going to happen. And that was Swerve was going to do something stupid that was going to break up this team. Okay. Swerve went and told. Um, Keith Lee to use a pair of pliers. Now, 
The same pliers he used on Billy Gunn to break his fingers or to injure his fingers, he tried to do the same thing to Matt Caster during the match outside the rampway, and you saw Billy Gunn come out of nowhere. Uh, you had all security trying to stop him, and then Swerve went in the ring with the same damn pliers, and Tove Keith Lee used them against Anthony Bowens. Keith Lee took the pliers, looked at them, and threw them to the side. And Swerve, for an untold reason, decided to do the most stupidest move I ever see, slap Keith Lee. Keith Lee then picked up Anthony Bowens and whatnot and pat him in the back and left him alone, two on one, and Swerve, a glory is over. That tag team is over as Keith Lee left, Swerve by himself, Swerve uh, pretty much uh, got caught by the acclaimed finishing move, and they ended up beating Swerve, and they uh, retain the tag team titles. So we'll see what happens now. Is FTR the next team they're going to face? Now, here's the thing. FTR was nowhere in this in this show. I don't know why, but they weren't the best tag team in the world. FTR was not at full gear. Someone explained that one to me. You know what I'm saying? So, the AEW World Title Match that we all were waiting for, okay? The World Title Match between John Moxley versus MJF. John Moxley, the champion. This match, you saw that MJF was the fan favorite in this match. People were booing John Moxley. Of course, you had people, of course, uh, probably Long Island people who were there to support MJF. Uh, but at one point, MJF tombstone Moxley on the edge of the ring, but at the same time hurt his knee and whatnot. Then Moxley ended up power driving MJF through a table. Then MJF pulls the referee in front of Moxley. He knocks him down. Rita comes down when he sees the MJF pulling out his AEW ring. And... You see that Regal comes down, MJF pulls out the ring, then MJF uh, is on the side, and you see William Regal telling Mox, go help the referee because another referee had came in the ring, he got knocked down, so now Mox is telling, I mean, William Regal is telling Mox, go help the referee who was the first one on the, on the match, and while he's trying to help the referee, William Regal then throws a, bear, a pair of brass knuckles to MJF, yeah, he wasn't going to use the ring. He was going to use brass knuckles to knock out MJF. And we have a new AEW World Champion crown. So it's like that. there was a sign out that give the devil is due. And now the devil has come home and claimed his AEW World title. So now MJF has the belt. We'll see what Tony, Tony Khan will do with this with MJF. The fact that you had MJF actually win the chip because of the firm and Stokely and his crew helping uh, MJF gain that uh, that that chip. So now you got Ethan Page. We're gonna we know Ethan Page is gonna end up winning the AEW World Title uh, uh, Tournament, and he's probably gonna end up being Ricky Stark, and he's gonna be the first one to challenge MJF for the AEW world title 
uh, winter is coming in December. So overall, the war, the, the, the pay-per-view was pretty good. I could not do, I mean, put this right. The Jay Carhill and Nyla Rose was the only boring-ass match of the night. Okay. Now, people are still saying that Jay Carhill should give up the belt. But again, who are you going to give up the belt to? Okay. Nyla Rose, they, that storyline, they did not make that storyline good enough for people to be interested in. That was the only match through the whole event that I did not care for. The Soraya Britt Baker, it was all right. It was just a little bit concerning, you know, uh, about the, you know, about Soraya and her neck issues. Other than that, it was all right. The best, I think, the best match of the night for the men's was the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy match. That was pretty good. The women's, Tony Storr and Jamie Hayter, they, they killed it. They, that was a banger. And anybody who disagreed with me, that is the best women's match I have seen since March when it was Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker in a cage. That's how long we haven't seen a great match. It's been over eight months that AEW has not produced a banger of a match when it comes to the women's division. Okay. Not, you know, and I don't care. You don't tell me about elevation. Don't talk to me about dark. We're talking about AEW Dynamite. This match between Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, they killed it. They deserve all the accolades. They deserve the flowers because they killed it. Okay. The MJF and Moxley, it did pay off. It was built, and it, and it was exactly what I expected. I knew William Regal was going to turn on Moxley. So the Blackpool Combat Club is over with, most likely. I mean, I'd be surprised if it's not, but it's over with. So you could now separate Claudio, do, let him do his own thing, let Brian Danielson does his, do his own thing. You could let, uh, you know, uh, Willie Uden now is probably the one who's going to get hurt out of all this because now he's going to be lost in the shuffle. We'll see about that. We'll be right back with more wrestling news and rumor. I got a little, uh, little report that I just saw. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back. So let's talk about the event that happened last Sunday. And we're talking about Invictus Pro Wrestling. Yes, Invictus Pro Wrestling came to the Boogie Down Bronx in the South Bronx this past Sunday, a week ago. And it was called Invictus Unconquered Cup Results. So we cup, well, we got the results. And I'm going to tell you who uh, were in this match. So we had Darius Carter defeat Gabriel Sky. Darius Carter. I've seen so much of this man on the internet. Uh, my boy Henny Wrestling usually is a big fan of his. He's always recording his matches and whatnot. And I saw him firsthand. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get to take a picture with him, but I saw him firsthand. I was very impressed with this man's ability in the wrestling business uh, he ended up defeating gabriel sky in his uh in the tournament first round then we had camp broway of course camp broway i 
see him all the time at House of Glory. Uh, one of my favorites. Cool guy. He defeated Killian McMurphy uh, in the first round of this tournament. Then we had uh, TJ Crawford defeat Robert Martyr. Uh, and then we had Invictus Grand Championship Tournament first round. Jay Bougie defeated Ge Big Game Leroy when he took out. Uh, he took out. I forgot who he took out, but uh, you know. Uh, but Jay Bougie is another guy. He's ranked 485 in the PW 500. Now Jay Bougie, me and him always interacting through Twitter. He's always sending me his stuff so I could retweet it. And I finally got to meet him in person. Which it was a, uh, uh, it was an honor to see him. You know, this young man has a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, potential. Has a lot of, uh, I mean, his charisma is just—he killed it. The guy's on fire. Um, big game, Leroy. Of course, uh, I've seen him in House of Glory. I haven't seen him in ages, and that's the first thing I told him when I saw him. I said, "I haven't seen you." And a long time, last time I seen him when he wrestled low key back in 2019. So it's been three years I haven't seen him. Um, so the Invictus Tag Team Championship in the New York Street Fight, we saw Fire Die, Chris Barton, and Dominic De Niro, two guys that I admire, uh, especially Chris Barton. He's been all over the place. Dominic De Niro, of course, he's uh, one of the first guys I met in person uh, when I started going to these indie shows in the Bronx. Uh, the Bronx Wrestling Federation, he was their champion at one point in 2020. Uh, they ended up winning the Invictus Tag Team titles from Milk Chocolate, Brandon Watts, and Randy Summers to uh, to win the titles. It was a good match. Uh, it was a back-and-forth match. It was cool. One of my favorites, Nikolai White, defeated Jared Diaz and Montequilla and Matt Awesome and Nolo Quintano and Weber Hatfield. Montequilla, of course, um, favorite moment of House of Glory, so is Nolo Catano. Uh, and it was a good match. Uh, Nikolai White, again, showing what he does great. Nolo, uh, the thing I love about this six-weight match, our sponsor, Montequilla, in this match, uh, was that Montequilla and Nolo Catano stood away from each other. And I loved it for the simple fact, these two guys, Nolo Catano turned on Montequilla on uh, last month. I think it was this month or last month. And um, during a House of Glory show. Um, and he turned on him. So uh, so it was cool because I was like, okay, look at these two guys. Are they going to end up facing each other, confronting each other? They kept themselves away uh, for the most part of the match. So it was cool. Uh, we had a women's match between Clara Carreras, who defeated Shay McCoy. That was a pretty decent match. And... To me, and a lot of people may not agree with me, but to me, this was the match for me of the night. P.J. Savage versus defeated Lucas Chase. Now, P.J. Savage, I've been watching this guy's promo online, and I'm like, I remember saying to myself about three months ago, I would love to interview P.J. Savage and get to his head and whatnot. Lucas Chase, I had never seen them until I seen them. uh... I seen him in the uh, match with PJ Savage. But before that, he had came around to my table. He took my card. And these guys, I mean, it was a hard-hitting match. I'm talking about these guys went at it. Uh, PJ Savage had the crowd, uh, you know, with him and whatnot, you know. Uh, but this match was just a banger, man. These guys went at it back and forth. It was hard-hitting. It was everything. 
that as a fan you would love to see in a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? Because I was there, I, I didn't know what I was expecting. You know, Lucas Chase, I never seen him wrestle. PJ Savage, I have seen him wrestle online. But these guys, whew, this match was incredible. It was just, I think, me personally, was the match of the night. And I'll say that, you know, it, it was the match of the night for me. The tournament was good, but this was the my favorite match of the night, PJ Savage versus Lucas Chase. Uh, I'm hoping to get PJ Savage in my podcast uh, soon. If it's not going to be this year, sometime in the beginning of next year, I'll have him in. Uh, you know, Montaki, I'm trying to get him into my, my, my show. Hopefully that will happen before the end of the year. Uh, and I'm trying to get other people in there. But besides that, uh, Lucas Chase, I would love to have him. And, you know, uh, my pick, you know, his brains and, and get to know him uh, as far as his career-wise, uh, what you know, how he started and all that. Because it's a lot of, listen, the independent scene is ridiculous, especially in the New York independent scene. You got a lot of wrestlers that you probably don't know about. Uh, and if you don't follow them and you don't follow what they're doing, they work or whatever, you know. And me, I'm mostly, you know, I, I've been dealing with, uh, like with the Project Codename Wrestling. You know, I got uh, T.J. Marconi, the Chris Cage, the, you know, the, uh, of course, Chris Barton, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Joe Bullrock, you know, um, you know, a bunch of guys that I had connected with, you know, and I still want to meet other guys that's been around like Steve Mack, you know, uh, you know, Stephen Mack, I definitely want to meet him in person and me pick his brain, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I was honored to be part of this show and whatnot, but and that, and the uh, the championship tournament, uh, the final was a four-way, or it was a four-way between Cam Broway, Darius Carter, Jay Bougie, and TJ Crawford. Uh, this was a pretty good match. Cam Broway becomes the Invictus Grand Champion as he defeated Darius Carter, Jay Bougie, and TJ Crawford. Uh, Darius Carter and Jay Bougie were like double-teaming Cam Broway through most of the match, and, uh, it, you know, but Cam Broway overcame. Uh, it was nice seeing this. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I can't. I, I would love to see uh, Invictus Pro Wrestling again when I get a chance. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I know they they they're planning to come back next year. I think the next show is going to be in Jersey. Uh, but the traveling to Jersey is kind of hard to go see those shows because they deep into Jersey. But I'm gonna try to get follow that up. Uh, so you know that was cool. Let me give you more uh, now. Um, some wrestling news and rumor. Uh, of course, you know, we saw Full Gear. Jay Lethal was excited about AEW Full Gear. He said he wants to show the people that Jet Jarrett can still go. Uh, he said, I'm really excited because the feedback from when I teamed with Jeff at the last match against Ric Flair, everybody was so impressed with Jeff. They were like, wow, he can still go. He's in great shape. So I'm excited to bring that onto the stage like AEW so that more people can see that he can still go. He's a great heel, and he still has a lot more to offer. Also, Jeff's working behind the scenes with AEW, helping with international markets and some other things that they're doing, which is cool, too, because AEW is just on this upward trend, and the more help we could get, the better, just so that wrestling as a whole is surviving and doing well. So, yeah, I'm excited. I get to wrestle Sting again, Darby and Sting, and I get to wrestle Darby again, which I had tremendous. Uh, I feel like every interaction I have with him has been a home run. For me personally, I don't know how he feels or everybody else, but me personally walking away when I feel like I hit a home run. 
I love the interacting, and then sometimes I don't care what other people think, which is, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. And that's true. If you feel that you're doing a great uh, a great job with a, with a wrestler, I mean, and the other wrestlers don't agree, uh, you know what? You can't make everybody happy. That's the way I look at it. You know, and Jay Lethal being part of AEW is cool. Um, the Jeff Jarrett match again. Uh, Jeff Jarrett teaming up last night with uh, uh, with Jay Lethal against Sting and Darby. It was a pretty good, but you heard the chance of TNA. That's the funny part. I was like, wow, you know, but it is what it is. Carl Anderson provides an update on his New Japan Pro Wrestling status. He said, I'm going to go back on my time. New Japan Pro Wrestling usually strips their champion when they can't make a show. They threw a leniency in there because they announced the match when we hadn't totally agreed what we we're going to do. The dates were coming up. I'm going to do comeback and defend my championship. I messaged Rocky Romero. He's a great friend and one of the office brothers. And I, and I go, I can't wait to announce this day because these people are really hating on me right now. I'm keeping this title and never giving it back. He jokingly said at the end of discussing the matter on WWE after the belt. Incredible. They actually, they were talking about the never open weight title at Corey Graves, WWE after the belt. But Corey Graves usually mentions these uh, other promotions, you know. I mean, but WWE lately has do, been doing that. So, you know, that's that's crazy. The Kingdom had contact with the WWE before signing with AEW. Shortly after the trio left Impact Wrestling, they were reported that Matt Taven had interest from WWE. We're told that WWE sources that they were actually in conversation with all three members of the Kingdom, including Maria Canellas and Mike Bennett. However, no firm offer was in place to bring them in, and it was more of a feeling out process between the two sides. WWE sources have indicated to us that former offer wasn't made. Nick Aldis says the NW has become the most toxic brand in wrestling. I hope now you see why it was important to me to let you know that I'm giving my notice to the NW before this pay-per-view. What was one promising endeavor that I turned down big opportunities to take the lead on has become the most toxic brand in pro wrestling. Thank you for all your support. The NWA. That's one thing I wanted to talk about, too. The NWO and Billy Corgan. And I don't want to hear this. And I've been saying this since 2019 when Billy Corgan decided that he wanted to do the NWA thing. He wanted to do the 1980s version of the NWA taping from the Georgia, whatever it was. I told you that this man did not know what he was doing. He did not know that wrestling has changed. He got, I don't know who got into it here, Jim Cornette, whatever, try to bring the NWA back to the old days. And look what happens this past weekend. Brodus Clay, Tyrus, who is now known, is the NWA world champion. A guy who was a low-card wrestler in WWE is now the NWA world champion. Okay? That goes to show you, Billy Corgan does not know what he's doing. Okay? This is why NWA is trying to work with Impact. This is why NWA is trying to work with MLW. Because they dealing with people who may not know nothing about. It. Not, let me let me correct that. Scott Demore knows about wrestling. Carl Bauer knows about wrestling. Billy Corgan is desperate right now, and if he was trying to t- t- stick it to Nick Aldis, he's an idiot. Because right now, if NWA was drifting in the water, it's sinking now. Nick Aldis right now is your worst, your top guy. One of the best NWA world champions you ever had. And you went and played him. Okay. Because you got per- because of your personal beliefs or whatever the case may be. 
This is the same guy who said he wasn't going to do another re- a woman wrestlers, whatever. And the funny thing is, he acts like he had no money to do another woman's show like he did last year. Like he, when, when AEW's woman went to part- participate in this show, they were under Tony Khan's ch- paycheck. Billy Corgan didn't pay this woman to participate in these the women's tournament last year. This man don't know what he's doing. Okay? The man with the scarf around his neck, smashing pumpkin band leader, whatever he is, he don't belong in the wrestling business. This man don't know what the hell he's doing. He don't know nothing. And Trevor Murdoch, supposedly Trevor Murdoch, and, 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 and I think Trevor Murdoch uh, and, and, and Billy Corgan kind of disrespecting Mickey James. That this is what all, everything has been going on without this. Trevor Murdoch was another guy. He does not, he did not belong with the NWA title at all. Mick Carr guy. He's not a world champion material. Then this is the problem. People accept these clowns to be world champion. This not, they're not world championship material. And a story. It's crazy. Thunder Rosa said, isn't worried about what the landscape of AEW locker room will be when she returns. When are you returning? She said, I cannot get anxious about it because I have no control over it. I can only work on what I can for myself so I could be ready when I come back for anything you know. But meanwhile, you're doing all these appearances. You still haven't come back and won as the world champion. And if they're going to take the belt away from take the damn belt away from Screw this interim shit. Jamie Hayter is now the AEW Women's Champion. Get rid of the fucking belt. You know, it's interim shit, you know? It's just nonsense. So, um, also, something that came in today, as I speak before I leave, uh... So New Japan and Stardom had the historic X over, right? So now they already, they already crown the IWDP Women's Champion Kyrie Singh, who used to be in WWE, defeated Mayu Iwatani, and Kyrie becomes the inaugural AWGP IWGP Women's Champion. Incredible, how a woman leaps from WWE who nearly got killed by damn uh, Nia Jax, crack her head open. As it goes to Japan, can't wrestle for a year because she's supposed to be some ambassador for WWE in Japan, comes back and becomes a world champion. IWGP inaugural first world champion, women's champion. I don't want to hear nothing else anymore. This is nonsense. Also, a big announcement. Okay, this was big. Big, big, big. So, IWGP United States champion, Will Ospreay. Defeated Shota Umino. And Kenny Omega comes out in the screen and challenged Will Ospreay to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 17. What, what, I mean, I saw this coming. I saw this coming after Aussie Open and, and, and Will Ospreay fought um, the Elite this past summer. I said they're going to end up wrestling in Wrestle Kingdom. And exactly that's what's going to happen. There you go. Omega versus Osprey. It might be for the IWP United States Championship. Who knows? But it's going to be incredible. So that is the big announcement. Kenny Omega challenged Will Osprey to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. Wow. It's, it's crazy. So Kyrie's first challenge in from winning that belt, uh, Tam Nakano will be the first one to challenge Kyrie Singh for the belt at Wrestle Kingdom 17. So Wrestle Kingdom 17 already looking good. And when and it's still two months away, so 
un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's just, I, I can't wait to see that Omega versus Will Ospreay one-on-one because that's going to show who is the best wrestler in the world. Is it Omega? Is it Will Ospreay? I still think Will Ospreay is, uh, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and you, you can't complain. I mean, I just saw uh, the night before the Rumble 44th Street, and I saw a six, uh, 12-man tag, which included, at that time, Moxley was the world champion at AEW, and then you had Jay White, the IWGP champion. And I'm like, this is a match I want to see. Moxley versus White with something on the line. Okay? That's something I want to see before the end of the year. Or, or, or if not, you know, it's not going to happen at the end of the year because um, I think they're going to have rest, uh, I said the World Tag League coming up. And the Junior World Tag League, so who knows? But it's crazy. But uh, it's incredible. But that is it for me today, guys. That is it for the show. Uh, again, guys, you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and any, even including TikTok. Uh, you can find me the Chokeslam Wrestling Report on TikTok. Follow me there. You can follow me on YouTube videos, on my YouTube video, on my YouTube channel, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I got tons of tons of content in there you guys could check out the videos i got on the youtube channel and you know pick whichever you like give the thumbs up subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell for new uploads also check out my uh my chokesland wrestling report store you got shirts hats uh now the winter is here for most of you guys out there you can get the hoodie with the chokesland wrestling report logo on it and you can get shirts hats and hoodies in there and check out the price and and while you go into the website tcwr.veryinkpressive.com again that's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com once you go in there you could go and register for the website and you get first hand on the videos the youtube videos once i download it you could get them right away and you get access to all and i mean all the audio archives all my audio podcasts. If you click the Chokeslam Wrestling Report logo on the bottom of the after the YouTube video before you get to the items to the merchandise. So it's three you can you can enjoy yourself while you're in there. Just register, check out the product, check out the YouTube uh, channel, check out the audio podcast channel. I'm available at Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio. Any audio pop platform, I mean, pop being everything. I, you can find me everywhere. So until then, guys, I will see you next week. And when I, we'll see what goes on. Then we're going to check out this week, Wednesday, the the after effects of Full Gear on AEW Dynamite. Uh, next week, we'll talk a little bit about WWE, see what's they going on there. Uh, because they prepare for now, and I think next uh think next weekend is survivor series for the war games that's going to be very interesting i want to check that out until then guys have a good day and be safe Hit the music.